G'day, welcome to the Mailbag's Monday Morning Sin City Review podcast for the meeting that was at Rose Hill there on Saturday. There was some competitive racing, some pretty decent figures posted, some also pretty atrocious ones too, but we'll delve into all of that. Pete Anthonis alongside Rob Scarry and Mark Roden as always. Rob, I'll start with yourself. It was a decent enough meeting there at Rose Hill. How did you enjoy the day? I, I really enjoyed it actually. It helps when you have a win. Um, I thought the track played really well. You know, there wasn't too many kind of gremlins or greying up there. Um, and it's just rare for me to win on this scone meeting. You know, Hawkesbury scone, it's usually kind of going into winter. I start losing. And I say to the missus, oh, we should, if only I just gave the pun away for three months a year, you know, we'd be so much better off. But um, yeah, it was good to get a win. Mark, for yourself, the day that was, how'd you find it? Um, I finished behind, um, got, got out of trouble, got out of serious trouble, thanks to my new favourite horse, Dirty Work, but I quite enjoyed the day. It was a beautiful sunny day down here in Melbourne. The light was streaming into my front room here, and uh, just apart from the results up to race nine, I had a, quite a pleasant afternoon watching the races. Well, we'll touch on some of the new favourites and then also some of the new villains, I guess we could call them. Uh, we're going to review races three, four, six through nine. Uh, we'll start with race three, the two-year-old's for over 1,100 metres, the listed Phillies race. Uh, Makura has put together a really nice session of wins so far, this preparation. It was quite a nice race from that point of view. There was a lot of horses that won last start, and it's managed to win in reasonably dominant fashion over Mabusha and Panacotta. Rob, to yourself, two-year-olds. Obviously, you haven't been able to see too many of these. Uh, have you got much of a read on some of these types, just from what you've been able to glean yeah. from the screen? Well, yeah, um, I, I tip. Look, I, I found Sansi um, when it r- ran at uh, listed level in the lead up to the Golden Slipper, and it didn't do much that day. Uh, it's a big masculine style, style of filly. Um, so I had the old, you know, what what do I do? Do I back a long shot like each way, or do I back, you know, the short short one straight out? So I kind of grab myself up here, um, and. The winner, McCrurick, I kind of maybe it's you know your horse or something. You know, I just just wanted to to, to, to make my own path or something. And you know, it, it looked like on the tally, it, it held its condition, it was relaxed, and I think he even said like a real pro type. And um, you know, it did everything right in the run. J Mac rode it perfectly. Whereas Sansi again, hit, you know, the other week it missed the start. This week it jumped with them, so I put a bit more on at the twenty odd dollars as soon as it jumped with them. And then it was, you know, just got back. It got its head in the air. I think it's come home pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I think I said last time that I probably would be backing it down in grade and I didn't follow my own advice. So, um, yeah, it was it was a it's a bit of a poor start. I was kicking myself a little bit after the first, after that race. Mark, they've gone very fast here for the class. Um, McCrura has put together two good figures in a row now. Uh, where do you put McCrura in terms of some of these later season two-year-olds? Yeah, it's pretty handy. You, you can see this, can't you? Uh, each season, uh, because they're a bit more mature now, getting into May and June and into the winter, they're, you know, they're, they're nearly three, these horses. So um, you do tend to see some better uh, figures posted in the so-called off-season. Where's he stand? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Uh, to, to do it twice is a good sign. And um, the other one everyone's been talking about is that Peltzer from um, last week who posted very good figures as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, wouldn't be surprised to see some of these measure up to the Maybe not the Group One three-year-old races, but some of the listed or, you know, half-decent three-year-old races. I um, I stayed out of this as a betting proposition. I I was kicking myself halfway round. I wanted I wanted to back Marbusha, who I, I thought was very tough at Warwick Farm, but I thought it was going to be posted three wide again here. And Rachel King got it into um, 
won one. Mm. They uh, ran a great race, but it just a slightly better horse and slightly uh, or an even better ride on the, on the winner got it home. Um, betting uh, wasn't surprised to see Zep the Brook drift a little bit. It's won some pretty that Wellington boot wasn't much of a race that it won. And I was a bit surprised that Newsreader started as close to McCrura in the market as it did. I wasn't sure what was driving that. I thought McCrura was holding Newsreader at the end of that race at Kenzo. And um, and uh, although Abdullah Brennan Abdullah has been a real favourite of mine over the years, just of late he's become a pretty low strike rate proposition. So I was surprised to see the market support for that horse. But um, yeah, best ride and probably best horse won. Okay, we'll touch on race four, uh, the three-year-old Guineas race at over fourteen hundred. Dawn Passage. One of the corporates did have it two dollars fifty earlier in the day. They did the similar thing with Mars Crusader last week. So uh, two weeks in a row, they've been absolutely fried. If you manage to load up for the for the maximum there, uh, but Dawn Passage has held off Rocket Clock quite comprehensively there. Uh, it's only a very slow race, five point five lengths slow to the six hundred. Rob Scarry, Dawn Passage is one of your horses. Probably haven't landed <laughs> on the right side of the horse so far this prep, but uh, has been very impressive the last two starts. Yeah, yeah, I was on its first two starts this prep. Yep. Um, and haven't been on it. It's two winning starts, so I'm not sure how much, you know. Um, well, I, I couldn't quite unload here. Um, I, for some reason, Bandersnatch, um, I thought, might get an easy lead and might be able to kick. It looked like it was doing the right things in the parade. So, um, And, and I, interesting what you guys thought of the run and the times in the race because it looked like Brenton was pulling it up in the lead, like yeah. he wanted to go quicker, and then it's found nothing. So I, I would have like to have seen it let it roll a bit more even though i wasn't on it and this rock o'clock strikes me as a as a good good horse good saturday horse maybe even be, slightly better than that listed level but more of a miler and so that just leaves us with dawn passage and then we've got this air to air who's you know sp'd 80 dollars on betfair and that's i think it's a maiden or something so uh, how is that put a bit of a cloud on this form maybe um or maybe air to air is quite good i i don't know but Dawn Passage, you know, it just seems to have been gifted a listed race here. Yeah, Mark, uh, your thoughts? So I think Rob just made a couple of good points there with Air to Air, defeating horses like True Detective and, Detective and Bandersnatch, who I think Bandersnatch, it's needless to say, has been a little bit disappointing the last couple of starts. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't possibly back Bandersnatch. I, I take your point about uh, the tactics on him. Um, maybe a jockey change would suit him too. Uh, but I couldn't back him until I saw some evidence that he's come up because he just looks like he hasn't. Air to air's run out of its skin, but I think that's a function of just how farcical the pace was. They've gone real slow here, and I think it, you can't really learn too much uh, from this race uh, other than the first two were pretty good horses, but we knew that anyway. Um, True Detective missed his chance to... Uh, he's been up for a while to uh, missed his chance to win last time, so he's done, I would say. And yeah, yeah, first and second are good horses, but this didn't really prove anything. We'll go to race. How slow did they go? Sorry, Pete. How slow did they go here? Uh, on punting forms data, 5.5 lengths slow to the 600, which is pretty slow for the class. So if we're comparing to the overall day, it was the fourth slowest event, but there was four very slowly run races on the card. It was uh, There were some pretty farcical races, and we'll see that in race six as well, which was uh, won by Ranier, but... They have, uh, for the class here, gone 6.7 lengths slow to the 600. So just some really just awful so tempo set. So what's the gun doing? Like, I've, I haven't watched the replay, but I just remember watching it live at the time, just going, let it let it roll, let, let, it, let it stride. Then just kept pulling it up, pulling it up, pulling it up. Anyway, I'll, I'll never understand this little guy sometimes. Oh, it's, <laughs> it, it's hard to know what's... Uh, 
what's going through the mind of a jockey at times. But uh, yeah, visually, it probably seemed to be a little bit of an interesting ride. Um, we'll go to race six, where it was much the, the same. 6.7 lengths slow to the 600. Rainier's been put into the race, settling more forward uh, than what we've seen previously. But uh, in the end, it was just a perfect ride from Hugh Bowman and just managed to hold off uh, Brave Song, who was doing some okay work there late from the back uh, after being too far back in a really farcically run tempo. Uh, Mark Roden, did you play in race six? Uh, yeah, um, I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I backed two horses, neither of whom ran a place. Uh, one of them was Trumbull, uh, who I it, it just it just sticks out in his form that he's um, best ridden positively. Uh, there was no speed at all on paper in this race, and he drew wide. And it was a perfect opportunity to go and lead or sit outside lead and take take the race by the scruff of the neck, and they dragged him back. So that was didn't he miss the start, mate? That, but, um, I've seen a bit of that in the last week, just atrocious, atrocious tactics like that. Did, um, I thought the horse missed the start or was slowly away. Oh, yeah, oh, I think it was slowly away, mate. Okay, um, well, I'll, I'll so you're, you're stiff that with that. Yeah, I think you're really stiff with Trumbull. I think it's run a good race after I being slowly away. Okay, so I thought he was dragged back. I haven't fully done the replay yet. And the reason oh, I didn't see him miss the start is because uh, I was watching the other horse I backed in the race, and this one was all my fault. Um, Graf. Um, I've mentioned a few horses in recent weeks, uh, word for word being one, Nauticus another, that I never have to worry about backing ever again uh, if I live to be 100 years old. Graf certainly joins those two, but he's in a bit of a class of his own because I made this decision at the 600 metre mark uh, of the race. Um, I, I knew he was cast then, and I knew I'd made a very, very poor decision, and, and thus it proved. Um, so, yes, he, he certainly uh, added to the lists. And as you touched on, Pete, that was a masterful ride from Bowman, who did sum up the circumstances of the race perfectly. Uh, there should be more of it. He's on a horse that is just stamped as a get-back horse. He, he won last start, coming from near last on the turn. But he's jumped well, and he's seen there's no pace, and he's just taken full opportunity the, um, of what presented itself to him. And uh, I just wish more jockeys uh, rode like that, but that's why he's one of the best. He's, he's flying, Huey, at the moment. He's, he's, you can back him with confidence, it seems. Very much so. He's really, 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 yeah, happy to be on. Um, this is a pretty sweet race for me, actually. Um, sorry, so, sorry, Mark. And um, on Graf, I'll, I'll say to my dying day that he should have beaten Autumn Sun in a Golden Rose. Really? Um, you know, the Autumn Slug, as we call him. Maybe <laughs> the most over overrated horse to go around in the last five years. <laughs> Keita Jane should have got beaten him too. You know, line up punters, 80 grand. He, look, he might turn out to be a good sire, but... Um, very, very overrated, grinding, you know, type of horse. Um, what can I say here? Most, most, mostly, um, these horses have had their day at one time or other. They've been highly touted. Graf, Lanciato, Brave Song, you know, classic kind of, you know, suck, suck you in type of horse. Um, looks well, parades well. Snowden, Cat, um, but yeah, I think I had a little play on him. And 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 Rainier, just just since since the gelding operation, I, I think we can um, stamp this as a real professional. I even said that in the yard. Um, not that I get to look at him for very long, but in those six seconds that they gave me, he was doing you know multiple positive things, which um, made me find him. And I think he's been he's got a bit of Tom Melbourne about him, Rainier. People sort of are a bit harsh on him. I remember he should have uh, it was I think Huey Sleepy Huey on Derby Day one year got him beat, and um, people yeah, got Turnbull a bit of a negative. Oh, horrendous. Turnbull State. And Winks was running in the Turnbull, and it was a couple <laughs> of days before that. It was absolutely horrific. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thunder's got a long memory for that kind of thing. And yeah, this horse has started $7.50. 
Um, I'll say it again, mate. You're, you're stiff on Trumbull. If he jumps, sits outside leader, he just about wins this round. And I think I think the the market moves suggest that. If, if you look at the market moves, I'm going to leave Graf out of it uh, for all time, but uh, in this case, Rainier has been easy, and I think because everyone thought it was probably second half of the field, and Trumbull's been really mm. solid because everyone thought it was outside lead. Well, there was even a uh, tactics notification that Trouble would be settling forward. Well, it had the option to settle forward. So everything lined up except for the horse actually jumping yeah. with the rest of them. And it obviously wasn't the jockey's fault, but uh, its best runs have been for McDonald's as well. We might, mm. might, I don't know, might have been able to get it to jump, but, but that's pure speculation. All right. Uh, we'll go to race seven, the Denise's Joy stakes over 1,100 metres for the three-year-old fillies. Uh, Fitzus has been dominant once again, uh, producing a strong figure in a very fast tempo race. They've gone 5.3 lengths fast to the 600 here. Real genuine speed up front. And Fatus has been dominant, defeating Aquitaine and Sally's Day. Rob Scurry, Fatus, you've been pretty bullish with this horse of late. Um, you probably were a little bit unlucky. I think if the, the market sort of held up a little bit longer, you probably would have launched here. Not probably, definitely. You know, I'm, I'm looking at 220 all week going, oh, it's probably a bet, but we're at 130%. So, um, you know, might get 250, might get 250. And um, yeah, Pundas new, $1.80. This is a good horse. I think he even said it in the text. This horse can go up and grade and win. I think I even called it likely a good thing. And um, it's likely a good thing because it does everything right. It's like a total professional. You can sit forward or back. It relaxes. And then it just finds the line. It's it's a proper little racehorse, little filly that, that want, wants to win. And, um, you know, it was up against some, you know, I don't know, Wednesday, Saturday type horses here. And it's on the on the way up. And a lot of these have sort of found their level. Um it's an easy watch, you know. I, even though I won, I was still feeling a bit dirty. I, I took a bit of dollar seventy about it um, just before the jump, <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it, I could have got a dollar eighty or dollar eighty five. But yeah, two twenty in the week. It was a horse to follow from the previous podcasts, and you know what can you say, um, Mark? Yeah, she's good. She's group class. I think I. Uh, we, well, we all said that after the Kensington win. Uh, I yeah, a bit short for me to back. I backed Sally's day. Who? Um, um, was outclassed by Fatuz, but she is flying. She was uh, really good, dominated a week of field at Gosford, I think it was first up. Uh, she trialled well before that, and she's gone super again on Saturday. I think she can be backed um, with confidence back to her right grade. I'd also just say Aquitaine, uh, who I didn't really like in the race, was pretty good because you mentioned how hot the speed was. It was sort of up on it and kept kicking, um, so that, that wasn't a bad run. Uh, she isn't doesn't have the quality of Fatuz either, but she's certainly there's probably another Phillies race for her uh, around the traps. Fatuz, oh sorry, go for it, Rob. Oh, I was just going to say, old mate, satin sock. She's sort of a good sort of measuring stick of you know reasonably you know she's a proper BM seventy four seventy five horse. I'm going to say. Yep. Uh, Fatuz has recorded the second best figure for the day on the punting form data. Uh, we'll go to race eight, which was the Dark Jewel Classic over 1,400 metres, the Group 3, Erythea, strong on-pace type. And I guess the map probably, well, the draw possibly put a, a few people off, but uh, in the end, the map worked out sweetly with J-Mac on board. Uh, managed to defeat Into the Abyss, ready to profit. There was a whole heap of them that sort of just finished in that bit of a bunch finished uh, outside, of the, outside of the eventual winner. Uh, Mark Roden, did you have a play in race eight at all? Yeah, I backed Dyslexic, who I actually thought was the probably the best run in the lead-up uh, on, on Hawkesbury Day. <coughs> um, 
and uh, it had its chance. It was just disappointing. It just hasn't held its uh, figure. Yeah, th- th- um, th- th- this was a late jockey change too, wasn't it, on Marathia? Yeah. Wasn't it? Uh, Jay Parr. I'm not sure. Done. I'm not sure. I think it was Jay Parr in the morning, and it's been a jockey change. Anyway, um, yeah, that that was what, if anything, put me off Marathia. I'd actually backed her in the the race that Sweet Scandal won the last start, where she was very brave. And yeah, as you say, this one just worked out perfectly. Got got across. Uh, Ready to profit when I think it was went very hard in front. Yes, it was, and um, yeah, just got the perfect sitter on it and was uh, was too good. Um, dis, yeah, dyslexic, dyslexic, disappointing. Is there anything? Oh, yeah, a delectation girl was very well back, wasn't it? Um, Jesus, yeah, five ninety nine. I, I mean, she's a bit enigmatic. She certainly on her day can win a race like this, no doubt, but. Um, her racing style didn't look great, so I was a bit surprised to see the money keep coming for her there. And um, yeah, uh, and I wasn't overly surprised to see Amon Geary um, drift a bit. Uh, that, that was her race last time, and she wasn't as well placed on Saturday. Yeah, completely agree there. Uh, we'll touch on the last, the Ortensia Stakes over 1100 metres uh, listed race. Dirty work has produced the biggest performance, the best performance of the day in the punting form. Data, they've only gone even in terms of the speed, but uh, it's been able to just sit there and off that even tempo, just completely obliterate the field late. Um, Mark Roden, your new favourite horse. He certainly is. He yes, uh, was able to leave the office with a bit of a spring in the step after the, the horrors of Graf and so on <laughs> earlier in the day. Um, I had to talk myself into backing him because I've, I've actually been on him his last two starts, both wins at Kensington. And as we uh, were saying in the review show after the uh, last Kensington meeting, it can be a bit of a specialist track, that one. Um, so that was the, the question mark on him for me. But thinking about it, he'd, um, his two Kenzo wins were chalk and cheese, really. The first one was that Wednesday win where he really had to grind it out and beat um, a Wednesday field. I think it was like Cosmo or something in, in a very tight Yeah, uh, Satin Socks was in there too. That's right, yes. Uh, and it, it was a tough win, but it was grinding. And then he's come out in the, in the Saturday race and, and showed a turn of foot and really put them away, which made me think, okay, this horse is he might be he might be a bit of all right, this horse, and we can we can back him at another track. And he's gone just as well, if not better. You know, perfect run in the box seat. They fanned nicely for him, so he was able to get far enough off the rail to be in decent ground. And yeah, dazzling turn of foot again, fantastic stuff. It's really interesting comparing the last 600 of Dirty Work and, say, Profit Sum. Profit Sum's recorded arguably the best close of the race, but Dirty Work really recorded a, a close that was only 1.2 lengths inferior to Profit Sum, yet it's travelled the best part of five and a half lengths faster yeah. to the 600. So I think that really puts it in perspective just how impressive that performance was. And that's the foolproof racing style from a punting point of view too. Can... Um can race on the pace and then kick. That's just a, a total box ticker, or like that. Yeah, and three-year-olds against older bloody numbers yeah. as well at this time yes. of year. <laughs> uh, look, Villa Myers is a three-year-old against him, but she's a, she's a three-year-old filly with 57 kilos and um, a bit beaten up too. Fresh is best with Gerald Ryan most yes. of the time. Most of the time, yes. Well, most of the time, you know, it's all the great game. It's an exception to every single rule, yeah. but um, yeah. you know, and. You know what can we make of Noble Boy? He seemed well backed. It looked really forward on the telly. I think I had a small play. Yeah, I, I despite having a good day, I kind of the last two races had me kicking myself, thinking, you know, dirty, you know, 
underestimating dirty work again. And uh, Irithea being a horse that, you know, I've, I've been backing for years and years and years. Well, maybe not years and years, but for, for <laughs> multiple times. And she's just so honest, Irithea. Sorry to go jump back a race, but she's such an honest, you know, foolproof racing style kind of horse. Um, and to miss that at $12 had me a bit bit dirty. But um, what else can we talk about here? I thought Handle the Truth got found out a little bit here. I got sucked into him in play. He seemed to find a lovely spot and um, didn't give much. Um, Star Boy seems to be going better than ever. Um, he's a horse that, you know, a country, country galloper that's a nice type. So maybe we can follow him. Uh, God of Thunder, I prefer him fresh. And um, that's about it. I, I had something on Handle the Truth as well um, at the price. I I thought he was he was the one out of that lead-up race, the I think it was the Horsebury Dash or whatever it was called, mm. um, that Villamine God of Thunder uh, came out of. Uh, he was the one out of that race I wanted to be on because he, he missed the start that day and basically was just given a bowl around. He just didn't wasn't tested at all in that. And he's actually finished in front of those two, so you've got that, that part of the equation right, but uh, a few lengths behind the winner. Yeah, well, look, he, he had that perfect kind of spot, you know, just off the rail, you know, one off the rail, just behind a, you know, reasonably strong tempo, and it looked I, like he was going to, should be in the finish, and I, I he's he was, been a bit weak. I thought he was definitely going to be in the finish at the 600, yeah. I kept pressing click, 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 <laughs> you know, $12, $15. But, um, yeah, not, not not a bad day, you know. Um, should we move on to next Saturday? Looks looks cast, boys. I've just had a look at the, the uh, weather report. We've got... 40 mils of rain, 50 mils of rain for, oh. from Thursday to Saturday. So that means a heavy 16. Maybe it's un- <laughs> unsafe for the for the participants. Uh, and it's rain week two, which does not comment. Well, they should switch it straight away to Kenzo. Yeah. But, you know, who am I to, uh, you know, tell the uh, stewards or anyone running racing what to do? It's is, not, is my, someone, not, not my place. Is someone running racing in New South Wales? I thought he was busy that like. <laughs> He is 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 very busy, but um, yeah, just just you know, stay in your lane. Just let Greg Radley and the team handle it. You know, <laughs> fucking hell, I I really fucking dislike Richie Callender. I thought he was always a bully with a mic, but I like him more than I like Radley. Like even when I've, I've just backed a winner, and whatever, and Radley's got that. It's, it's his job to uh, you know, to, to say something after they cross the line, and I'm just like you know, I've just backed. I'm just like. Oh, you're just bringing me down, Greg. Like it's just that's just so inane and and obvious, and you know, just just you know, you may as well put on Munzee, you know, for the next race. Oh, fuck, just just really the the sky and the the way they do racing is just so. Uh, well, let's get back to Harvey Norman, eh? I don't know what I'm going to say here. <laughs> Go Harvey. Go Greg. Go oh, Munzee. Outstanding. Uh, Mark Roden, for the, we, we did touch on the week ahead, but for uh, winning edge investments and champion bets, what's your week looking like? Uh, Kembla tomorrow, back to Kembla tomorrow. Uh, Kenzo Wednesday, which might um, put a spanner in the works retransferring the meeting on Saturday if uh, they're racing on Wednesday. Hawkesbury Thursday, then the weekend. So, um, yeah, we're getting into a bit of a stock standard, bit samey part of the racing calendar, but it's uh, good it's still on. Indeed. Yeah. Well, you know, hats off to Mr. Wogbalog and keeping the game going. Oh, absolutely. You know, I've said it before, but, I, you know, late March, I thought we were in for a pretty long holiday at some stage and, um, yeah, <laughs> a real blessing. Yeah. It, 
True that. True that. And yeah, without the racing, um, you know, be climbing the walls. Yeah, I wonder if you know. There's been a fair bit of racing on free to wear um, lately as well, because there's no other sport on. I wonder. I wonder if they'll be able to convert any longer term fans once uh, once everything else restarts. My gut feeling is no, but uh, <laughs> it's a nice thought. Uh, well, look, you know, if you if they're watching racing.com, they've got a chance with Bruce McAvaney and uh, Richo. They're 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 a bit like you know, lovely, you know, yeah. everything's <laughs> sweet as well, but. At least they seem kind of, you know, well, not kind of. They are like professional, good at what they do. Well, if, if you're trying to attract novices, you want enthusiastic people who love it, not you know, miserable old pricks like me, you know, being cynical about everything. Yeah. Well, Bruce loves it. Clearly loves it. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember seeing him as a kid at Flemington when I was about twelve, and he was just at the back mounting out, looking at the horses. He literally had a stack of like form paper. It was yeah. like War and Peace. He had that much notes, and um, yeah, he he genuinely loves it. And you know, I think the more he does for the game, the better. You know, bring it to a wider audience. But um, yeah, as as for Radley, similar. <laughs> well, I think he said the other week. He said like it was the ANZAC meeting or something, and number one one, and he goes, "Oh, we all should be so proud of those colours." <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I, you know, I, the Anzac spirit's a great thing, but you know, yeah, this is, just just mute it. I mean, this it's just I do, I do, and I'm only, and I'm mostly mute mute Darren because he's um he's more into entertaining, you know, dropping his little helicopter chopper rescue than actually um calling, <laughs> um, but you know, again, thanks Darren, it does help within play. You know, you say mm. a horse is twelve lengths off them and it's only six, and you know that does help the the in play. So. Um, I should thank you. There goes Darren Fundell. I must remember to thank him. <laughs> it's just another angle for the great game. Uh, guys, yeah, it's boys. been good as usual. Uh, we'll touch on the meeting from Randwick if it occurs, uh, but I'll speak to you on Monday. Thank you as always. No problem at all. Thank you, Pete, for keeping us in line. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Uh, I, hope, I hope I don't get, you know, get a letter. <laughs> Good luck, boys. Cheers, mate. (laughs) Cheers, guys.